Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they live today. <laughs> Wait, are we doing They Live? No, no, no. Oh, okay. It's October 31st, if yeah. you're listening to this, the day that it is released. Yeah, the, uh, the thinnest veil between the dead and the living. That's, that's correct. I think so. I think that's the... <laughs> also, your skin is also a pretty thin veil between the dead and the living. <laughs> True. Yeah, the thinnest, maybe. That's fresh. <laughs> and it's Halloween, so we have a not-so-spooky, but definitely kooky oh. movie for you coming up. But before we get to that, we should first thank our Patreon supporters. Those are the people who give us one, three, five dollars a month. However much you desire, all the riches in your family vault. <laughs> and in return, we give them things like the podcast early, mm-hmm. bonus content. Yeah, I think we were going to like lift a curse this year on people. That's Was right. That last one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So we have the chicken here in the studio and we're just going to Okay, no. Cut Rob, its neck oh and- god, Rob. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm more frightened that that's your your chicken impersonation. That's what frightens me most. No. No. No one thinks of that as a chicken. <laughs> But if you want to give rewatchability, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability and donate there. Yeah, and then we can afford a real chicken. (laughs) Not just Rob yelling into the mic. I sacrificed some chicken nuggets earlier, so that counts. (laughs) I think that counts, yeah. And we shouldn't forget our big screening at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival. I I didn't forget. I'm excited. (laughs) Of Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. We're going to show the movie. Yeah, we're, we're going to have some a, trivia. a little talk beforehand. We're going to give away some prizes. Got some sweet Blu-rays. Yeah, maybe it'll be a little bit of games, a little bit of drinking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So go to the internet <laughs> and buy your tickets. Yeah, and bring and bring your friend. Because really, it's, it's a rom-com about friendship. 
But today we're going to talk about a very, I mean, it's kind of like spooky. It's, it's like, it's not scary, but it's it could be scary to children. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's not good for children, I'd say, this movie, <laughs> even though it was marketed towards children. It's the Addams Family. Right. From the old TV show, which was actually from the comics. I think they were originally published in The New Yorker. Yeah, they were. It's very highbrow yeah. entertainment. <laughs> Charles Adams. You're like, hmm, I get this. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that it's really kept that highbrow entertainment as it's moved forward as a movie franchise. Uh, in some ways. <laughs> no, some ways. I don't think so. I would well. That's debatable. Oh, okay, we can debate it later. But Blaine, when was the first time that you saw the Adams Family? I'm I'm gonna break the mold on this pod. I didn't ever see this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, I, Are I you never saw it. Me? I saw a bit of Adams Family Values. I think that was one of the movies that uh, people liked more than the original. It was one of those sequels that did did better too. I'm not sure. I I don't remember because yeah. that one like Wednesday goes to camp and stuff, and I think they're put out of their element a little bit more as like a macabre family. Yeah, well, I I do remember that she goes to camp because she's uh, dressed up in some Native American costume. Oh right, which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't fly. Pulling on the collar, yeah. <laughs> But there's less of that in this movie. Yeah, yeah, just more like putting children into harmful situations in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you never saw The Addams Family? No, I never saw it. I, I Were never you saw afraid the... <laughs> of this sort of thing? Did it I was scare so, you? It was very fearful for me. No, I, I just never thought – it was never in my wheelhouse. It was never something that my family watched or that my friends watched. It wasn't one of those movies that you talked about on the playground, you know? That was our water cooler as kids. You didn't uh, play Addams didn't... Family on the playground? No, we didn't like – get in the monkey bars and try to chop each other's hands off or anything. Mm. Yeah. Your childhood seems sad. <laughs> Did you watch this this film? Was this a film for, for It you? was a film. Oh, okay, yes. good. I did watch this when it first came out and I did see the sequel. I think that my parents had watched the original Adams Family. Right, when it was on TV. Yeah, and... It ran for like two seasons, I think? Something like that. Yeah. And it was also, like, they put it in syndication sometime in the 90s. So I remember seeing it on, like, YTV or some channel, right? you know, featuring John Astin. Yeah. Who is sometimes the uh, Riddler. Oh, right. But he's also Sean Astin's dad mm-hmm. from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I kind of figured that when I saw the name. I was like, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Sean Astin should grow, like, a tribute mustache to his dad. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Well, he's in another spooky show for kids now, right? Sean Astin. What's that? Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's following his dad's footsteps. Yeah, but so I, I really enjoyed this movie. I like for this. This hit like a lot of the sweet spots for me because a, yeah. I had a morbid sense of humor. Oh yeah, this is like metal raw. Like you, this is this is this is the most metal movie there is. <laughs> that guitar solo by Gomez. <laughs> uh, yeah. Face melting. No, but so, it's like, you know, it has like a darkness to it. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, yeah like saying. some metal. That's what I'm Black Sabbath. Yeah. So I feel like that would hit a sweet spot for you. This was like way before I like listened to music or anything. This came out in like 1991. Right. So I would have been like a kid. But like that dark element for sure has always sort of attracted me. Right. Were you into like the garbage pail kids and stuff like that? Were you into other. I think I had some of those cards, but I didn't have that much money, so I couldn't buy things. <laughs> right. But, like, you know, when you see movies like this or Beetlejuice, and actually, like, 
Tim Burton was approached to direct this. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Those sort of things, perhaps because I didn't have any experience about the weight of mortality. (laughs) You know, you could find humor in death. Right. Instead of just staring in the face. Yeah. Like you do now. Yeah. (laughs) And backing away slowly. (laughs) (laughs) And praying it doesn't come for me. (laughs) Exactly. So I really love this movie. I love the sequels. I just thought it was great. I thought it was a great, you know, fun movie. Was your your family, like, pretty wholesome, or were they, you know, a little Adams Family-esque? Uh, was it the more? Like, <laughs> I think I, think I just depends. broke Rob. It depends how you put that. All I right. mean, like, I think like the Adams family was originally sort of designed to be a parody of the typical American family. Yeah, the nuclear kind of thing. But they are terrifying and scary to everybody outside their world. But to them, they're just like normal people. To them, like strangling a cat—that's just another a, a Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Yeah. Not a Wednesday, though. Yeah, so we might have been exactly like the Adams Family, but we just wouldn't know it. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, my my family was kind of like, we weren't like macabre or anything like that, but since I had like a lot of foster kids growing up, everyone was always calling the the cops on us and stuff like that. So we were like, (laughs) we were the weird family on the block. Right. (laughs) Because like there would always be like fights and stuff. And anyway, yeah. That sounds sounds intense. It, It was, but there was no one like shooting an arrow at a, apple in someone's mouth or anything like that yeah no william tell routines (laughs) exactly yeah yeah Yeah, it was much safer than that so do you want to run down the plot of adam's family for people i suppose so if they're if they're likewise afflicted like me they haven't seen it so it begins with a christmas carol yeah it's the carol of the bells Ding dong a ding ding dong a ding ding dong a ding. I felt cheated because we were doing this for Halloween and it starts out as a Christmas movie. And I, I was know. like, Rob. I got so worried. I was like, we're going to have to shelf this for two months. <laughs> Cancel the podcast. We're done. Damn it. <laughs> I swear I Googled Halloween movies. <laughs> it's Google's fault. But there is always, I mean, we talked about it briefly last week. There is like that weird connection between. Halloween and Christmas, maybe just because there are two holidays that sandwich a month of time. Yeah, but they also like... They're inverse. Christmas on the Northern Hemisphere is like the darkest time of year, and it's cold, and everything's dead. Like, I can see how it's very Halloween-esque. Yeah, but I mean, like, it sort of, like, contrasts to the joy of Christmas. Mm, Um, I see that, too. But the Adams Family, they are not listening in wonder. They are uh, standing above with a vat of oil... To pour on these poor, unsuspecting characters, carolers. <laughs> I guess they're both. Yeah, no, that's nice. Yeah, it's a great way to start this movie. Like, it sets the tone completely for what's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. And so it's the Adams family. They're crazy and they're kooky. Those mm-hmm. are all the words that I remember from the song. <laughs> yeah, I think spooky is in there. Probably spooky rhymes with kooky. Yeah, exactly. That, that would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's Barry Sonnenfeld directing it, right? So he's That's he has right. his, his font that he uses for every movie. Well, this was his first too. film. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he he was a cinematographer and was on a lot of other films before this, but this was the first one that he directed. So the Adams family, we have Gomez, mm-hmm. the patriarch, right? Raúl Julia. That's right. Mm-hmm. Morticia, played by Angelica Houston. Yeah, she's great. We have the two kids. Wednesday and Pugsley. Right. And there's also a grandma. Mm hmm. And the butler, Lurch. Yeah. Played by the weird dude from Twin Peaks. Yeah, right. Carol Stroiken or whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't know. 
He's great. He's so funny uh, without doing anything. Yeah, he, I yeah. don't think he even has a line in this movie. No, he, or, it's just like ADR grumbling that they do for him. Like, I don't even <laughs> think he like vocalizes anything on set. That poor guy, though, like, I feel like that's every character. Like, they never give him any lines. He just has to be like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like in the new Twin Peaks, they gave him something. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. did have like a, he had like a big old monologue. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, he's funny. And then there's the hand. Yeah. Thing. Thing, yeah. <laughs> Not re- the thing. Don't get it confused with the <laughs> no, movie from three weeks guy. ago. Yeah. Or that, or that movie. I remember when this movie came out, there True Hollywood, like all those like things were doing specials on the hand and the actor behind the hand. Oh, really? And Yeah, and they were doing all this stuff with like how he emoted with the hand. And he was like, yeah, acting through the hand is so tough and <laughs> so hard. And like that's why I went to Juilliard. And I remember like even thinking as a kid being like, fuck off. Like it's a hand. <laughs> I started performing with my whole body, (laughs) but then I decided to be the most graceful. I had to isolate. (laughs) Yeah. What is the most soulful part of the human body? The hand. Yeah, he is. He's the true hand model from Zoolander. (laughs) He's he's the true person in that. Well, the hand is like weird because I feel like. For the time, right before CG, really, and everything, like, using practical effects, like, the hand is sort of amazing to watch sort of do its thing. Like, there's a scene later where it's had to get a job, and it's, like, pulling the wagon full of FedEx packages, and it's just, like, the fingers are moving so fast. Like, how did they... How did they do that? But then at the same time, like... How did they do that? (laughs) But then at the same time, when he's, like, tapping out the Morse code for Raul Julia at the end, you can clearly see, like, the hole where the actor's wrist is shoved through. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what they did in the old TV show and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I wonder if it's, like, the same actor if he's just the hand in everything. Like, if he was in Idle Hands... If he played Whoa. the hand in that, or if he played the hand in Evil Dead 2, if he just goes around hand acting. It would say in the E! True Hollywood story. Yeah, it would have said this guy is a hand actor. <laughs> well, you got to give him to him. So. <laughs> of course, it's fallen on uh, hard times. He's uh, ended up giving out hand jobs. <laughs> oh, God. I thought you were going to say he was a finger model or something. <laughs> no, no you, went, you, you went dark. You went dark with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's got it. Well, he's funny. He does emote a little bit through the hand. He does some some kind of good. He's a hand. But as I the know. movie opens, it's the 25th anniversary of their uncle Fester, beloved mm. uncle Fester disappearing. Yeah. He's gone missing every year. They hold a seance, but they haven't been able to contact him yet. So they're afraid that he may be lost and alive. <laughs> Yeah. Which is horrifying to them. <laughs> well, because they're obsessed with death. They have that whole like cemetery out back. And I love that they go to visit everyone who's dead all the time. And they just want to die together in each other's arms. It's kind of <laughs> romantic. It's very romantic. <laughs> yeah. Their whole like, I mean, Raul Julia and Angelica Houston, their yeah. chemistry or whatever it is. Yeah. Alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they have like, you know, the sexy back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. But he's all distraught because it's the 25th anniversary and they're going to do like a big seance to see if they can get him. But, you know, it just really seems hopeless like yeah. he's gone. And we have the other kids. Like you mentioned, Wednesday is shooting an apple off of Pugsley's. Yeah, like into his mouth because yeah. he has like the, the apple in the pig's mouth. It's thing. a misreading of the William Tell. Yeah, myth. exactly. But yeah, they're yeah. definitely going to murder each other. <laughs> and they try throughout the whole movie to murder each other. I think she mostly tries to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, there's one point where he goes into like a scene and he grabs a knife from Angelica Houston. He's like, well, "What are you gonna do with that?" And he's like, "Oh, my sister." And she goes, "No, no, no, no." It takes it from like hands of a meat cleaver. <laughs> ah, I love that stuff. That was really funny. Yeah. But we yeah, should so mention trying. that Wednesday Adams is played by Christina Ricci. Yeah, at her Christina Ricciest. <laughs> yeah, just before Casper, right? Right. Uh, so she's she's stuck in the in the Halloween movie <laughs> theme here, but she's like a, a severe looking young woman. I mean, what's Adams? She's like pale, yeah, very dark hair, yeah, yeah. Do you think that's really Uncle Fester? Father says so, but I think Mother isn't sure. Pugsley, sit in the chair. Why? So we can play a game. What game? It's called... Is there a god? Don't tell her to smile. <laughs> no, no, she'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. But they have this bumbling lawyer played by Dan Hedaya who is yeah. in debt. And so he's trying to get this loan or to con Gomez out of a whole bunch of money. But yeah. he's sort of like... Even though he is totally unwitting about his obvious scheme to rob him, he only sort of like avoids it by saying that, oh, we have to wait until next quarter to do that. It's new business. Yeah, there's some weird plot points in this that I'm like, I don't like the the writing seems a little lazy at times. (laughs) Is that a joke, really? Or is that just lazy? I thought it was funny. Yeah, you thought, okay. But it is a little bit lazy because like. Later, after that sort of thing is foiled, we find out that he owes like a whole bunch of money to this lady who just happens to have a son who looks bizarrely like Doc from Back to the Future. That's right. Is that what you're going to (laughs) say? I was going to say the uh, guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. No, he looks like him too. Yeah. Interesting. Or or the dude from Taxi. (laughs) No, what you're going to say is he looks like Uncle Fester. Yeah. Striking resemblance to him. Yeah. (laughs) Except he has like this Richard Simmons fro going on. (laughs) Yeah, it's really weird. It's like clearly a wig. But it's like the whole lawyer thing. He's the guy who sort of recognizes that her son Gordon looks like Uncle Fester. But we're also led to believe that this woman is the like ultimate con artist. But if she's so great a con artist, why didn't she have this idea already? Like later we find out that she's been like, raising this man as her son for 25 years. <laughs> Why did she do that? Out of the goodness of her heart? Or was this like the long con? <laughs> like she had to like trick Dan Hedaya into being like, hey, you kind of look like Uncle Fester. <laughs> also, like when did he disappear? Like how old is Uncle, Uncle Fester? Like, it, I don't know. It's, well, it they explained seems, that. It all seems a little suspect to no, me. No, no, no. They explain all oh, of that. Okay. Because later on in the story... Mm. We find okay. They do the séance, and Uncle Fester shows up. He he knocks three times on the door, baby, and <laughs> he comes back. Mm-hmm. And they're playing it as like a con. So he's trying to fit in, but yeah. it's he's difficult. doing really badly at it. Like he's he's never tried to fit in before in his life. It's so funny. He like keeps on volunteering information which he would never know. Which, like, leads to the comedy and and is fun. And Raul Julia is just so excited that he had his brother back that he wants to believe. Yeah. And who wouldn't? 
I thought that was kind of beautiful. His guilt and everything over having driven his brother away and then his joy over having him return. It's wonderful. Yeah. And like Raul Julia, I loved him when I was a kid, but now yeah. as an adult, I think I appreciate his performance even more because he's just like so committed and like having <laughs> yeah. so much fun. He's so over the top, but then can bring it down to like miss his brother and stuff. Like it's, yeah, he does really, really well in this movie. He's so like dashing. He's very like Errol <laughs> Flynn. Yeah. He's great. So so he's very happy that his brother's back. But at the same time, people are sort of suspicious because he keeps getting yeah. details wrong. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to be as interested in pain and death as everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he seems a little confused about their whole thing, yeah. which is death. Uh, <laughs> so, or misery. They like yeah, misery, they like misery too. too. Yeah, it's true. He's, he's not quite getting it. He tries a little bit to get in on it, but you can see that he's slowly getting it and slowly changing over the over the course of the movie. Yeah. And his mother says that she's like a psychiatrist and that yeah. she's been working with this man. To she try puts to on bring... a bad German accent as like the therapist so that she can like guide them. Because at one point, at first Wednesday doesn't think that it's yeah. really Uncle Fester. And then eventually well, she's like – a smart cookie, yeah. They have this whole charity auction thing where they're going to auction off this Chinese finger trap. Right. Uh, Weird that they're doing that. Oh, I guess it's for charity, right? Because they don't need the money. That's yeah. the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And they buy it back. It's obviously the lawyers are going to take the money. Right, yeah, yeah. But I think basically Gomez and Morticia end up like making out and then buy it back because they're too impassioned with each other. I like just – Imagining being those kids, or just—I mean, maybe that's a good yeah. thing. They'd be mortified of their parents making it all the time, and that like brings them joy because they're into being mortified. But it also just like, come on, rents stop. Yeah, stop. though it's beautiful that they're in love and together. So After many all of this us time. divorced parents, and I know, you know I yeah, know. yeah. But the way that they start to suspect that Fester is an imposter is that he doesn't know how to use the finger trap, how to release it, right. And Gomez is like, you got that for your 10th birthday. Yeah. Yeah. His whole speech when he's like freaking out in the room and like going through everything that that <laughs> finger trap meant to him is, is very, very he funny. He was in that for four years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's great at that. And then the therapist needs to step in and bring Raul Julia back from the brink of not believing. So she does something about transference or something like that. Yeah. She does something like that. Yeah. yeah exactly. And, like, the whole time, like, Christopher Lloyd is essentially being tortured by this family. He's, like, submitting himself to, like, all of their ghastly... But that's what he's so good at as an actor. He's so good at, like, being surprised and frightened at the same time. Oh, for sure. He does that so well in Back to the Future. He's tortured in, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, he just – he does that so well. And he does that so well in this movie too. I found all of his reactions very, very funny. And yeah. He was, he was probably the funniest part of this movie. No, he's great. For me, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they start to suspect that he is an imposter. Mm-hmm. And he's like doesn't think that he can keep doing it. No, he doesn't want to do it anymore. They found out. They found him out. And he wants to leave. And his mom's like, no, you stay in there and we get the treasure. Because he also found when they went through this whole big rigmarole of finding the secret room that he thought the treasure was in, it was just at heart a room where he and Raul Julia as kids would play together. And that was like the secret. That was the most meaningful thing to Raul Julia. Which is a nice kind of scene. Yeah. And then the treasure is like behind the, the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. So yeah. he knows the treasure's there. They're trying to get the treasure, and the mom is really just cracking the whip yeah. on him. But eventually he does sort of like 
start to take a shine to the family, in particular to Wednesday and Pugsley, mm-hmm. when they ask him to help on their school play. <laughs> yeah, which is like the best scene in this entire movie, I think. For sure. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, and yeah. it's a play within a play. You know how yeah. I feel about that. <laughs> it's That's how you catch the conscience of the king? That's right. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Good, Good to know. <laughs> but he starts like really enjoying spending time with the kids and sort of finds his morbid side like they're like dueling with the weapons play fighting and he's like no you have to aim for an artery go for the jugular (laughs) and like the real fester starts coming through at first because i this is the first time i've seen this movie i was like oh that's a really hard turn for that character to be like oh i'm afraid of getting found out i'm afraid of doing this and then to like help the kids hurt each other so that seems like night and day but once you learn later that he is actually fester makes total sense yeah. this is the character shining through this is the character becoming himself well apparently the original script made that sort of ambiguous oh so like apparently when they started filming they didn't actually decide that he was going to be uncle fester at right. the end All right. but eventually the cast were so perturbed i guess by not knowing <laughs> They sent, like, Christina Ricci to Barry Sonnefield and told him to make it so that he was really Uncle Fester. They sent Christina Ricci? She was the only one who could do it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The, the bravest. Go- the, the golden child. Yeah. And apparently, Christopher Lloyd didn't even care. <laughs> no. He was like, ah, I'm an imposter. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting paid to it's do a, a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still riding high off these Back to the Future three dollars. <laughs> That was set in the West. Everyone loved that one the best. That's right. <laughs> so he does start helping them, and he helps them with school play. He also takes them under his wing and kind of shows them how people died and, and like the way people were tortured in the past and stuff like that. And that's yeah. kind of the the you know bedtime story that he's reading them, which is pretty funny too. Mm-hmm. But his mom's not going to let him go to the play. Yeah, and it, it's like heartbreaking. When the like kids are like knocking at the door and he's like, "Go away! <laughs> I can't be your friend anymore." My mom <laughs> says I can't come out to play. <laughs> yeah, I'm in trouble. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to steal money because <laughs> she wants to use the opportunity when they're out of the house so that they can go and find the vault. Yeah, and he's the only one that knows how to get to the vault, so she needs him. Yeah, but he defies her and goes to the play anyway and hands them off the the hand. Yeah, the prop arm. Right. <laughs> How all occasions do inform against me and spur my go revenge. Oh, from this time forth, my thoughts be bloody or nothing worth. If I must strike, dead I will. A hit. A very powerful hit. I mean, it's a great scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. I mean, the fact that, like, all these daisies are on stage singing and everyone's bored in the audience. And oh, then, yeah. And everyone hates it. No, it just, everyone it's... loves it except for Gomez and Morticia. I don't know. They kind of show, They're like, all, like, pleasant, like, oh, no, Yeah, they show, know. like, audience reactions. There's, like, this one guy, like, nodding off and stuff, which is what you get in a kid's school play. 
But then when the kids start like cutting their veins open on stage and squirting <laughs> blood um, all over the place like a mad TV skit, Morticia and, and Roger Liard are really are really into it. And yeah. it's nice. It's nice to see proud parents, you know? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's good theater. Yeah. Were you were you a kid that like would play practical jokes on people and like put like you know, blood in places and stuff? No. 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 You weren't high. You no, you did stuff like that. Well, like, yeah, I mean, I had like sisters and stuff, so I would, oh. I was, and I was a younger, I was oh. the, like the younger brother and stuff, so I would, like, my one sister hated spiders, so like around Halloween, I would, oh, like, no, I would like throw rubber spiders into her room. It was, it was bad. Oh, I, I know, I did, I, I tortured, I tortured. Them. You were a Wednesday Adams. <laughs> I was a Wednesday. I was a Wednesday Adams. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And another time, like, I took like a creamer and I like took a fork and I put the creamer on my eye and then poked the fork into the creamer and then like the cream came out and I did that at like a, um, a Denny's or something because I was classy and this girl beside me freaked out because she had a detached retina in her, oh in her, her early life and she had to stay in a room completely without moving. She was an in traction because she couldn't move her eye as the cornea reattached. So I like... Put, I like made her go through a PTSD thing. I thought it was being so clever and funny. I was like, I'm doing this, it'll gross people out. And it just like sent her on a downward spiral and I felt really bad. It's a fucking good thing you didn't see this movie when you were younger. <laughs> you would have killed somebody. I uh, Maybe. <laughs> we're going to get a- back to more of the Adams family after this break. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about the Adams family, and we're sort of at the part where the bad guys, the mom and the lawyer. Yeah, they're kind of closing in on the. Yeah, that's right. The- they, they're going to have a going away party for Fester because they decide that he has to go away again. Yeah, he's going to go back to the Bermuda Triangle, which is where he was lost originally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, and that's where we see, like, a whole bunch of the other kooky characters. And we also learn more about, like, the backstory between Fester and Gomez, that there were these, like, conjoined twins that they were both dating. And right. then Gomez wooed them both. And then Fester left. Well, it's a, it's a tale as old as time, no. I'd say. You know. That happens to everybody. Bros before two. <laughs> no, no. no. No, um, <laughs> no one uses that anymore. And if they do, they shouldn't. At least they're literal brothers. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But during this time, Wednesday has discovered them. Yes. So she's run away. Yeah, she's gone into hiding. And Dan Hedaya sort of goes to the next door neighbor who hates golf. Hates golf, who yeah. Gomez has been like repeatedly hitting golf balls into his window <laughs> At throughout the movie. Yeah. And he has some sort of like scheme because Fester is the oldest. So apparently he like owns everything. 
So mm, right. while they're doing like this big party, which contains one of my favorite scenes, the mamushka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like totally like the Tarantella from the seagull. <laughs> yeah, the seagull or like Miss Julie or something. No, no, it's the seagull. Is it? Yeah, Ibsen. Nora dances the Tarantella. The, the seagull is Chekhov. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. Oops. Nora, Nora is a doll's house. Oh, shit, yeah. We did it. We did it. <laughs> We're back. I, We're back. Yeah. <laughs> the Tarantella from a doll's house. It's kind of like that. The Mamushka. Yeah. Where they kind of right. just dance themselves into this into this frenzy. I really liked the line that Raul Julia says before they start that part. For some reason, like, the melodiousness of it, like, stuck in my head. We danced the mamushka when Nero fiddled. We danced the mamushka at Waterloo. And now, Fester Adams, we dance the mamushka for you. It's <laughs> I so mean, good. It is, it is. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, like, originally, the scene was super long and included like a whole song and everything. Like, yeah. As it is, they just sort of like throw knives at each other and do a little bit of a dance. Yeah. But on the soundtrack, there's like a full-on like song. Yeah, well, they do a little bit of musicalness in it. Like he does rhyme a bit when he's talking and he, he does sing a, a, like one verse, but then they don't have – that's it. It's not like a whole song. Yeah. Mamushka, mamushka, he comes with mamushka. I swear by mommy and daddum. This detestable festers the Fester Adams! So hey, 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 let's dance the dance of brotherly love! Mamushka! But Fester has such a great time yeah. that he is happy. And <laughs> I mean, that's usually what happens when you have a great time. Well, he goes back to his mom and he's like, you know, singing the Mamushka song yeah. and doing like a little bit of a dance. And, and she's the... like, I guess you've forgotten your oh, mother. Oh, God. It's so manipulative. Oh. And so it like, it Does makes your mom do that. No, it like, it, it makes me hate her so much because it's like, it's like the, the kind of classic mom thing to the extreme. Like, you See, never. Mom, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you never call. I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, call? you're in the big city now. You forgot about me. You never call. You could call. <laughs> you should come home. You Eat. could comment on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something here in the big city, Mom. I'm trying to make something of myself. But yeah, she's so mean. She's so manipulative. And yeah, she's she's such a good villain. Yeah. That way. And so he, in the creepiest scene in the movie, and there's a lot of creepy scenes because it's trying to be a creepy movie, but like they get face to face and she's like, tell me you love me. And he's like, oh, I only love you. And it's like, oh, it's it's very, yeah, it's very unsettling. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. That's the most mortifying scene of the entire movie. In yeah. this, uh, so it kind of goes back to the to the wrong side yeah. of things. Being he's like, he's like shamed and yeah, he can't have fun anymore. And no. they like... They go to a hotel, right? They're well, they like, kick them out. They yeah. put a restraining order and evict them from the house right. because it's all owned by Fester. And yeah. they're like, I'm going to challenge this in court. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but then it uh, cuts to the courtroom, and the judge is the next door neighbor that he's been hitting golf balls at. Yeah, yeah. He says with with a certain sense of personal satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really well done. Then he pours out the golf balls. Yeah, he's like. Fester gets the house and all possessions within, except for one thing, <laughs> and then pours out the golf balls. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, it's that pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- this part I totally forgot about, the mm-hmm. part where, for the briefest part of the movie, the Adams family are in the world, like in like yeah. the contemporary 90s. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like where they got most of their stuff for the trailer, like uh, for what, sure. what people loved about the movie. And they were like, well, we need to do that for the second movie then. We need to just like put them out in the world. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think that's where they learned their lesson in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it does get, like, a little bit, like, weird. I mean, like, Gomez is trying to look for a job. Like, there's all this, like, it becomes, like, a whole bunch of, like, product placement. Like, (laughs) thing starts working for FedEx. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday and Pugsley are selling lemonade, which is toxic. But (laughs) then there's, like, a big billboard for Tombstone Pizza behind them. (laughs) Yeah, and I love that whole uh, girl guide being, like, I'll buy your lemonade if you buy my girl guide cookies like is your lemonade made of real lemons they're like is your girl guide cookies made of real good girl guides like i yeah i just they I love never the are they, oh they never are they fake girl it's guides. so disappointing it's just mint this chocolate boy scout <laughs> oh god no <laughs> yeah so but they eventually you know this is their we're getting towards the climax here when they get back into the house yeah well so Gomez is totally put out. He's been betrayed. Mm-hmm. He's lost his brother. He has, like, no motivation. He's just watching Sally, Jesse, Raphael on TV. Yeah. And Morticia, she has to do Pretty something. Funny. So she goes to the Adams family house, and she demands to be let in, and they take her captive and start torturing her Which to find loves. out where the vault is. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, you're torturing – like, you have to be nice to, to Morticia to torture her. <laughs> you know, she would have told you something then. Yeah, that's right. They have her on the rack, and Dan Hedaya is turning the wheel, and yeah. she's like, oh, this isn't your first time, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. And then Raul Julia pulls like a matrix and he like hops in rolling from the through the window, yeah. picks up a sword from Thing and starts swashbuckling. Freeze Morticia. And then when they are making their escape or they're trying to make their escape when they're kind of caught because the bad guy kind of has a gun. Yeah. Uh, as every therapist does. They go to pull the book down, which we know is the book Greed. And right. Fester knows that now. But he pulls the, the hurricane book instead. Fester betrays his mom at the end. He indicates to Gomez that he's on their side and instead of, yeah, yeah. he uses the the books, which we've seen throughout the entire movie. Whatever's on the title comes yeah. out of the book. Like at one point, Dan Hedaya is reading The Sun Also Rises and Getting a Tan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. So yeah. he, they pull out a book about Hurricane Irene and mm-hmm. just blow the mom and the lawyer sort yeah. of away. And he gets electric shock from lightning that's in the hurricane. Yeah, and then he gets I all guess. of his memories back. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. He's faster again. <laughs> yeah, the convenient amnesia thing is gone. <laughs> Thanks, Christina Ricci, <laughs> for ending this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he's part of the family again, which is great. Yeah, and he does like the whole like light bulb in the thing. In the mouth, <laughs> not in the thing, like the hand, like yeah, the character. No, no. And like Dan Hedaya's wife hooks up with Cousin It. Yeah, because there were some vibes at the party. 
Yeah, they started talking, and yeah, uh, she's into ZZ Top, and, <laughs> and kind of looked at him and was like, "All right, I can do yeah. this." Yeah, it's good. She likes braiding. Though I feel know? like you know, I feel like it's a bit weird because she shouldn't like get off scot free. She yeah, she really pushed Dan Hedaya to do it. That's right. She was part of the plan. She should have been like blown away too. Yeah, yeah. But, but she, I'm glad she, she found love. Yeah, she learned. She found love. You know, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. And that's the Adams family, and, that, and that's and that's uh, that's what they do. Yeah, and that's so their movie. Th- it was the sort of movie. It w- nothing much was sort of expected of it. Barry Sonnenfeld hasn't directed a movie. The what do you uh, think about his direction in this movie? No, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean he has a he has a style I think which really works. Um, yeah, well, it lends itself well to comics as we've seen in Men in Black. Yeah. yeah, and to like comedy because there's like a lot of like visual gags and like yeah. little things. He's little a very things. visual Fingers. director, you know. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, like this movie, nothing much was really expected of it. The studio that originally started producing it actually sold the rights. It was originally a Ryan, and they sold it to MGM without mm. even telling the filmmakers. Oh, really? And they only found out about it by hearing it from a journalist later. Oh, weird. And they sold it because it went $5 million over budget, and they didn't think it would make any really? money. It was originally scheduled to come out at the same time as Hook. Oh, interesting. And they thought that Hook was just going to like beat it easily. But, right. in fact, Adam's family made a lot more money than Hook. Weird. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. And so, obviously, they had to make a, a sequel. Yeah. And there was, like, a video game. Oh, yeah. And there was- It a- was the 90s. You had to have a video game about everything. That's right. It was I- like, if you're a paper boy, there's a video game. <laughs> From that movie, Paperboy. <laughs> From that movie, Paperboy, yeah. Stunning movie. Yeah, it was, it was really good. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, Paperboy. <laughs> he delivers. <laughs> yeah. There was also a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. And it, believe it or not- the Adams Family pinball machine went on to become the best-selling pinball machine of oh, all time. Wow. All right. Yeah. Cool. 20,000 units. <laughs> what are you talking about, 20,000 units? What, you have all these – you're not even looking at your phone. You have all these specs in your head. I remember these things. 20,000 units. That. That's such business speak. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in the first year, we pushed 20,000 units over here. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm trying to sell a few of these Adams Family pinball machines that I happen to accumulate. If you want to buy one, you know, let's yeah. make a deal. I mean, I hope you have a good fourth quarter. You know, <laughs> that's what I hope for you. <laughs> Just that's like Gomez business. did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, did you? I read up a little bit on Charles Adams, the the cartoonist that did this. He was a he's an interesting guy because he he kind of like walked the walk of what he what he he did. He talking about the rights being passed off. He married a woman who was very Morticia. <laughs> but a little bit the the mom character in this in this movie because she oh. got the rights to the Adams family from him and made a lot of money off it. Wait, like stole it from him? Yeah, like got it signed over to her and then they divorced and she kept like the Adams family thing. So uh Oh, that's crazy. I know. And then he remarried to to someone else and they got married in the pet cemetery on his estate. So he had already made a lot of money off, off the Adams family. But they got married in the pet cemetery. And then when he died, he was buried in the pet cemetery on the spot that he got married to his, his last wife. Well, that's so he'd come back. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> Stephen King's working on it right now. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know yeah. that. I did read that his ex-wife, who owned the rights because they had to buy them from her, was uh, married a baron. 
yeah. after. So she's like, in the credits, it thanks like <laughs> Baroness Baron. Carol or whatever right. it is. Yeah, <laughs> the Baron. Oh man, they they do kind of like live like the Adams family, like everyone around him kind of did. For it's sure. So funny. Well, yeah, it's such a weird. But also, like, iconic type of scenery, like yeah. the sort of aristocratic Victorian mansion that is, like, run mm-hmm. down and also, like, creepy. I mean, this very same thing was done with, like, the monsters and I think – sorry, the, the monsters. The, the monsters. monsters? Yeah, well, the monsters played the exact same time on the Rival Network when the TV show came out. And mm-hmm. it also ran for two seasons. They both got canceled at the same time. And there's also that thing, Dark Shadows, that – Tim Burton made a movie of later. Yeah, yeah. That seems pretty similar. And then The Monsters came out as like a TV show too, or like a pilot. They tried to make a, a revamp that as well. Yeah. And they're always... Uh, revamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, like vampire. That's what I'm... Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. I was trying to do a little pun. Yeah. They're always bringing back like these things. Like yeah. there is actually an Adam's Family movie scheduled for 2019. <laughs> wow. Featuring uh, Nick Kroll, I saw, with one of the names. Great. Sweet. <laughs> He's going to play Gomez. Hand because they couldn't get the rights to the thing. Um, that's interesting. And uh, there's also been, like, several revivals of, like, TV show versions Yeah, as well. the TV show version had a, a reunion episode in the 70s and 78. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. I There was a made-for-TV movie that is sort of like a sort of sequel to Adam's Family called Adam's Family Reunion, which has right. Tim Curry in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does he play the Raul Julia character? I think so. Yeah. He'd be good at that, too. I could see him being very good at that. And it also had Daryl Hannah, I think, as Morticia. <laughs> Daryl Hannah from yep. VR5? Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> Her most famous role in VR5? But it did have Carol Struckrin as Lurch. And the same guy who played Thing, Christopher Hart, is his name. Christopher Hart? Yep. Couldn't have been called Christopher Hand, eh? Had to go for another <laughs> body part. That's Put fair. your hand over your heart. Mm, close. The 2019 Adams Family movie also is going to feature Chloe Grace Moretz and Charlize Theron as Morticia Adams. Oh, yeah, and Oscar as Isaac. Both, both as Morticia Adams? No, no, no. Chloe Grace Moretz is going to play Wednesday. And Charlize Theron's going to play Morticia. Uh, okay. And Gomez is going to be Oscar Isaac. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I, can't, I, don't, I can't see him doing that. I can see the other two, but I can't see him. What do you mean? I mean, he, he would make a great Gomez. Maybe. A little mustache? Yeah. I mean, I guess he, like, yeah, he fits the role, but I... He's not, like, so big. Like, Raul Julius, like we were saying, commits so much. Yeah. And he's so big and and has such, like... Charisma. Uh, yeah, beautiful charisma in this movie. And Oscar Isaac has... I mean, he's a handsome, handsome man. And he, he is charismatic. But I don't... I just can't see him being over the top. I can't see him being arch. Yeah. And I think that's what the role needs. You well, know? it is It is animated, so... Oh, uh, okay. I don't think... He'll yeah, he'll do, do everything. The, he'll they do might have voice. to like put him in like the little ninja suit. Yeah, <laughs> make him move around. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I want to see Oscar Isaac with like ping pong balls all over a green leotard. <laughs> I mean, that's that must have been what they had to do in like X Men Apocalypse or whatever when he was the bad guy and they buried him in a bunch of makeup. That's acting now, baby. <laughs> There's no more real movies. Everything is green screen and making Ian McKellen cry. <laughs> <laughs> this is not why I got into acting. 
That's sad. I mean, I'm really sad for him because he's an old man, and yeah. they're probably making him work too hard. I don't want to act with a tennis ball. <laughs> I want to play tennis with a tennis ball. So, did you did you think this movie was rewatchable? I did. Yeah. yeah, I thought it it had like the same sort of speed and pace and sort of like kooky gags per minute as I remembered from when I was a kid. I totally had forgotten the entire like third act where the Adams family gets evicted and yeah, they have right. to find a job. It is. I mean, it's the finding the job bit is kind of boring, but them interacting with people in the real world is. That's the exciting part. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun. But yeah, it, it also does seem like, is there still more movie? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like, didn't didn't the climax happen? Didn't yeah. they have to like, find their young daughter? Then they're like, oh yeah, let's get back to the story. And then, you know, they finish it. And that mm. that's, it just sort of like ends. But I do like it. I like the sort of family I, dynamic. Yeah. I like the Fester-Gomez relationship. I love the Gomez Morticia relationship. Like oh, they're yeah. so like passionate and in love, and you know, yeah. and and scary, and you know, <laughs> okay, okay, sweet. We're getting deep. We're getting but deep into this. It's it's so fun, and Angelica yeah. Houston is great. Yeah, and apparently she had to wear like some awful metal corset for this movie. Metal. Yeah. Jesus. So that doesn't sound very nice. And they like, also like – that seemed like torture to begin with. I couldn't imagine like something – we're going to make it even more uncomfortable. <laughs> what? They also had to like pull back her eyebrows with little strings as well. So she was apparently <laughs> constantly in tense pain and had like terrible migraines. And also <laughs> – well, I Well, I remember it. Apparently like the whole filming of this movie was sort of like really bad. Barry oh, yeah? Sonnefeld had some sort of sickness and his wife came down with an injury and Raul Julia burst the blood vessel in his eye. So, like, it just seemed like nobody was having a good time while they were making this movie. <laughs> yeah. But well, that's crazy because it feels like they're having a good time when you watch them. Like, they, it did really come across. They were. It does. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I don't think that this movie does anything amazing. It doesn't have, mm-hmm. like, any real meaning or anything. But I like the – I think the family comedy thing is yeah. really nice. And I like to see, like, a family that is, like – participating together and like all sort of like united and you know there's no like conflict between them they're just like you know they're just being themselves they're just letting their freak flags fly and it is a big freaky big flag (laughs) yeah i mean i i didn't ever watch this movie to begin with but when watching it now in today's you know climate and context it was it was nice to see PDAs from from parents kind of. I mean, I would be mortified if I was a kid, but you don't see that in any any movies. But also, I'm wondering how they're going to remake it as a cartoon because the the comedy comes from the kids hurting each other. Some of it you can hurt cartoons. It's not illegal. <laughs> yeah, actor won't get on your on your butt about that. No, but but because we're we're worried about the messages of movies now uh, oh. more than the, more than we ever were before. And I think that when I when I was watching this, I was like, oh yeah, this is totally nineties because they're getting away with shooting an arrow at a kid or like taking a knife or put, strapping a kid into an electric chair and trying to like electrocute them. Yeah, and whereas now I feel like that sort of stuff. The parents would be like, "What if my kids?" It's politically incorrect to, do it? to give your child a cleaver. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I think like the Adams family has always sort of existed as like an antidote to yeah. that sort of like the outside morally repressive society. You know, yeah. like in the 
1930s or whenever this was originally came out, like polite society was supposed to be, you know, very polite. And the the sort of nuclear family was, you know, supposed to be like the the dad who is a morally upstanding guy who comes back and brings home the bacon and the mom who teaches the kids good values and the kids who listen to their parents and always say please and eat their vegetables and never act out. All of that was the ideal back then. And this was like, hey, this is kind of – more like what families are really like in a way. Yeah. But also it sort of gives people permission to not to like well, gives to, be weird. to be loose. Yeah. yeah, to be weird, you yeah. know. And so like maybe in a way we need an Adams family. I'm not saying that we need like a racist, sexist Adams family or anything <laughs> like that. They do give us permission to be to a be, little bit morbid. To be dangerous to and, be yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's fun. Yeah, I mean, as a kid... And vital. Yeah, and as a kid, like, that was vital to me growing up to feel like there was danger in the world and to feel like I I could be around that. But I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if parents will allow it now. But it's not about what parents allow. It's about what kids find, you know? I'm sure lots of parents didn't like the Addams Family when it came out. Yeah. These things exist for people who, you know... But we're not seeing the garbage pail kids... Getting revitalized. We're not seeing like those outsider cartoons and anything like that like come back. And when we do see those those things come back, we're seeing them as either adult movies that kids can't participate in, or as like kind of whitewashed and 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 the corners cut off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like the Adams Family is one of those things where it's like because of like the sort of multi generational sort of development of it. Yeah. It's just either gonna it's gonna keep happening they're going to keep making more and if it's good then people will like it and if it's not good then people will remake it in 20 years yeah but as for like stuff like the garbage pail kids or things that young people find fascinating like people found tim burton movies when we were like the gross stuff the it's not going to be the things that a corporation or whatever puts upon them and asks them to buy it's going to be some intrepid young creator comes up with that connects with people and it might take a major studio to bring it to people but it's right. going to be something that people really invested in originally yeah like i'm sure this is happening on youtube like, i'm yeah. sure there's like you know influencers that are being weird and dangerous out there well yeah not too dangerous though please <laughs> yeah. yeah but i'm sure also like i think like even though like now the Adams family is like a sort of recognizable thing, I think it was a little bit more obscure when it was first being developed because I think people sort of remembered like the theme and some of the characters, but nobody like really remembered the show. So oh, that was another thing they did really well in this movie is work the theme into different moods in yeah. this movie. I thought the music was really good. I don't know who did it. Yeah, <laughs> John Williams. But shout out to John Williams because he did a great job. He's great. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah, normally I don't like him so much, but in this movie, he really stepped it up. Yeah. yeah. But that's rewatchability for this week. Enjoy your happy Halloweening. Don't eat too many razor blades. <laughs> and if you're listening to this right now, before turning it off, go to your calendar. November 3rd, uh, we are doing a, a live show in Toronto on Bloor Street at the the Hot Dog Cinema. That's right. It's our screening of Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> That's going to be fun. I'm very very much looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah, so go buy your tickets at the uh, the Hot Dogs Podcast Festival. Uh, you can go that online and get there and, and come out and enjoy, have a drink and uh, a pint and uh, <laughs> a pint if you will. And wait for this whole thing to blow over. <laughs> exactly. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.